welcome to another edition of the Puro Pinche Primos. Hola amigos, it is the Puro Pinche Primo. I'm your primo, Luis Velasquez. That's your primo, Christopher Costello. We are back for another week. What is going on, primo? What up? This no. is week. I don't even know what week. This is show 11 for us. Yeah, yeah, Double we're digit. in it. We're in it to win it. <laughs> what's going on man what's going on with life nothing much man everything's good it's summertime i feel like i'm just getting into the flow of the summer um trying to like get my head wrapped around uh what sports is like in the summer again i feel like it's always like a sudden halt of certain things and then trying to like regroup and figure out what my, my sports life is gonna be but i know tonight is that that game that we were talking about it might be the last time that we see sue bird um, and Diana Taurasi face each other. Yeah. Like, like I think about that. We both talking just like it's like goat status level, right? Like this is like would be like the last time you see like a Kobe and, and MJ or right. Kobe on game, right? Like this is so so big. Taurasi is like the all time leader in points, and uh, and Super is the all time leader in assists yeah. in WBA history. So that's it's just exciting to see like two really great competitors go at it. Yeah, definitely. Like, I enjoy this this time of year, right? Because, like, I this is the time of year like I branch out and watch more different stuff, right? Because there's not a lot, there's not football going on. There's uh, you know, baseball's going on, basketball's over, so those ones don't overwhelm me. So, like, I've been watching uh, uh the World Championships and track and field is going on right now. Yeah. I, I always love track and field So anytime that's on I'm going to turn yeah, that on Chicken, so We watch the, the Summer Olympics Little kids And you're like We have to watch track and field Yeah Like, like right. <laughs> Yeah I love track and field Even like If it's like Even college indoor Track and field On on the Ocho You know I'm turning that on And I'm watching it uh, Lyle's just set a, a, a new American record Yesterday On the 200 meters He's killing it There is a kid coming up I think his name is Brighton and uh, he he was in the Olympics last year at 17 years old and came in third in the 200 meters. He came in third Damn. again, world championship at 18. But like by the next Olympics, that dude's gonna be killer. And but you're talking WNBA, like I I can't wait to to watch that game as soon as we're done with this episode of uh, Seattle Storm and Phoenix. Man, that's gonna be a good game. Watch again, watching the goats compete against each other for the last time. I'm a big Diana Taurasi fan. I've become, since moving here in Idaho, I've become a, a bigger Sue Bird fan. Since uh, Seattle is so close. But the Las Vegas Aces, I don't know if you've been keeping up with our girl Becky, but she is yeah, killing. Yeah. Las Vegas Aces is absolutely killing it in the WNBA right now. Becky's killing it. They got Kelly Plume that's killing it, who, who just won the All-Star Game MVP. But like I said, this is the time of year where I get to get into all that other stuff right before football takes over my whole life for the next couple of months. So so I am enjoying this stuff. Yeah, that's right, right? They've been saying like less than 50 days for football. Spe- speaking of the women's game, man, I think one of the things that we we were talking about as far as like the foul of the week candidate for this week was, uh, was like ESPN, but particularly the ESPYs. But also I think, you know, it is... We got to talk more about it just because it's, it's like a larger issue than just like a sports folly or like a mistake. It's just um, Aaliyah Boston 
and the snub at the SMs that Don Staley called out with regards to just like why is the national player of the year and the uh, defense not at the SB celebration, right? And, and she's got a really, really valid point as to like why is this woman not there as such a dominant force in the women's game and particularly when we know that they honor college players just as much as they, they honor, um, you know, the professionals. Yeah, definitely. And especially like this SBs, they uh, centered it around a bunch of the, the anniversary of like Title IX coming into effect and, and women's sports. And like, Aaliyah, if you guys haven't, didn't see Aaliyah Boston last year in, in college basketball, she was absolutely dominant. And she's going to be a dominant force whenever she gets the WNBA. She is an absolute talent. But the fact that they didn't highlight her in any way. Um, what was a you know it was a bit concerning for the SBs. Like I get it, their they their excuses. They had some, so I guess legit excuse. You know, not everybody can make it on time. We only got a certain time. They didn't invite uh the men's basketball player, college men's basketball player. But uh, like you have we we as sports in general have to start lifting up these women in sports, right? And they miss an opportunity, especially, especially last year, they had no problems inviting Paige Bukers when she was balling out last year. And she won the award. And in her speech, in her speech, she she came out and said, like, I, I recognize uh, that I am a white woman in basketball and that uh, that I have a privilege up here of being recognized because I am a white woman. But these African-American women in this sport uh, need to be recognized more. And that was pretty much her whole speech. It, it became a big thing last year. With the light that I have now, um, as a white woman who leads a black-led sport um, and celebrated here, I want to show a light on black women. Um, they don't get the media coverage that they deserve. They've given so much to this sport and the community and society as a whole, and their value is un undeniable. Um, and... In the WNBA last season, the postseason awards, 80% of the winners were black, but they got half the amount of coverage as the white athletes. So I think it's time for change. Um, sports media holds the key to storylines. Sports media and sponsors tell us who is valuable. And you have told the world that I matter today. And everyone who voted, thank you. Um, but I think we should use this power together to also celebrate black women. And for them to go over into this next year and just pretty much prove her point in her speech. Right? For they prove her point like like Especially if they're doing Title Nine. Yeah, know. they're doing Title Nine stuff. And it was just it was just crazy. Again, we gotta be better. We gotta be better. Guys, if you have if you're not into WNBA, like you should get into it is it is exciting basketball. What I hate what I hate is people that will automatically shut it down. And say it's boring, and because you're gonna compare it to the NBA, it's not NBA. Like I'm not, it's not an NBA game. So I'm not, I don't go into watching WNBA game, comparing it to an NBA game. It's just a WNBA game, and there's outstanding athletes out there playing. It is, it, to me, it's entertaining to watch. Yeah, I'll be, I'll be honest. I hadn't watched the women's game. I remember when it first, the WNBA first started and, and being kids and like watching that. Yeah. And 
about just like the skill level and just like the, the pace of the game, the way it's changed from when the league first started to what it is now, is it's just insane difference in like the, the pace and speed of the game. And, and also just like, uh, I feel like so much better coaching and also just as athletes, there's just better skill sets, right? Like mm-hmm. the athlete, but then the athletes before as it should be, right? That's right. Like evolution. Um, and there are a lot of like really big stars in the WNBA, like players that I see that, and they like their games are also different, which is also what's great to see is that you're not, you can't really compare a lot of these women to each other because they do so many different things differently. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm also excited um, to just see the way the game grows and particularly um, the star out of Iowa that we were watching during the NCAA yeah. tournament. Yeah, she was she was a killer. Like that's it's just uh, there's so much shooting in the game, right? Like they're just I I enjoy it. I enjoy I enjoy watching WNBA. Uh, I enjoy watching women's basketball. Um, it's killer. Like like I said, there's so many stars. We're, we're talking Diana Taurasi, Sue Bird. You got Asia Wilson from Las Vegas, Kelly Plume from Las Vegas. You got uh, Sabrina Ionesco from uh, the play for the Liberty. Uh, there's just so many stars out there and uh like just go watch it guys it, it, it is entertaining it is entertaining if you if you give it a chance shout out Brittany Griner Brittany Griner free Brittany Griner please all right for our NFL edition this week we're going division by division last week we covered uh the NFC West which was so many great stories and we started off with the the LA champs and the I mean, the L.A. champs, that's funny. The L.A. Rams, champs from pretty last much, year. Pretty much, yeah. Who actually, yeah, we might be calling them that this year, L.A. champs. But um, they also just got rings, I think, yesterday. Oh, they look nasty. Oh, they're so good. The excess. We, we just finished talking about, in our intro, the, the, the women's game and, like, Title IX stuff. I don't know if you saw the all the WNBA All-Star uh, MVP trophy oh. in the palm of your hand. Yeah. And let me also say that the LA Rams ring probably is big enough to fit in the palm of your hand. Like it is yeah, the absolutely. entire. Absolutely. <laughs> that, those rings were studying. Also, do better, WNBA. Do like Yeah. Like it feels like she she looked she looked like she just won like a putt putt championship with it. <laughs> that's yeah, what, yeah, when I saw yeah. that I was like what did she win it was horrible I was like my little league trophies were bigger than that yeah. and that was the last place <laughs> exactly um, but this week this week's division we, we crossed the country and moved into the AFC covering the AFC East and we'll be giving it to you from what we are ranking teams from last to first so we are starting off in with what most of my friends out here in New York are is New York Jets football Jets J E T S Jets 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 yes and I'll say this if you're a fan and you still know you're gonna lose I'll tell you what these past what I think two weeks have given you every reason to root for Zach Wilson this year because <laughs> Jesus this man <laughs> might be pulling off Miracles and feats that you want right, from your quarterback. Right. Guy. He's officially got a new nickname. He's now called Zach Milf Hunter Wilson. <laughs> the the rumor of Zach Wilson is that Zach Wilson 
may or may not have slept with one of his mother's friends based on a Twitter response to a fan from his ex-girlfriend who was called a homie hopper by, by somebody randomly. That's the online. first time I've ever heard that, too. You do? <laughs> you, homie hopper? That's, homie, the, first that's the first time I've ever heard yeah. homie hopper. Which is, it's hilarious to say and to hear. But a homie hopper, for anybody that doesn't know, is someone that sleeps with best friends or groups of friends. Um, someone who <laughs> is considered to be... <laughs> Is that is that is that the dictionary term? Did you just look this that is what up? I'm trying to <laughs> so inappropriate on this show. <laughs> so many other things I want to say without. So she called him the true homie hopper because she said that she's accusing him of sleeping with his mother's friend, which let me also say her clapback was hilarious. Like she also I was like, Oh, I like this woman. Yeah, absolutely. I will also look I just want to say also like just the sexy thing is how like when she was the one that was cheating she she became the homie hopper and so many people were and then they realized well wait it was him cheating now he's like this king is what we do you know <laughs> it's what we do in america it's, it's got it's, it's, yeah the double standard is just <laughs> it's crazy yeah. to me anyways back anyways. to football yeah football. We, we could hit that there's, no there's a whole nother episode we can do <laughs> back to football in this year the New York Jets will be starting this season with Zach Wilson as their quarterback they're all in I, I mean we got the numbers for him for last year in front of us what do you think about Zach Wilson as a starter, starting quarterback in the NFL uh, honestly it's I'm not sure like I, I saw a lot of them here at BYU right the one year that he played at BYU and actually started and I get the excitement for it He he can be good I don't know what his ceiling is right um, he, he showed glimpses of, of like, this is the dude. And then he showed glimpses of, oh my God, this is Sam Darnold 2.0. Right. But I would think to me, if I was a New York Jets fan, like I would be encouraged, man. This team is obviously moving in the right direction. Uh, I, I like a lot of offseason moves that they made. Um, I, you know, Zach Wilson can't, can be it. And I think you'll, you'll find out this year in the same way uh, we'll talk about too later on in the show. Um, like this, you'll find, I think you should find out this year if this dude is, is the truth or not. And if not, then there's a lot of quarterbacks coming out of this draft, draft class and from college, uh, that you can start looking into. That's a great point. I think, um, when you look at Zach Wilson's like yardage for the year, he, he threw for, a little over 2300 yards which is it's pretty sad if we're talking for a, like a full season of an nfl quarterback through 19 11 interceptions but i think the thing about him that what you brought up is a great point is that i don't know his ceiling and i also don't necessarily know like how great he can actually be going forward especially you know if he doesn't have a strong culture but he needs a strong running back and i don't feel like the jets have a consistent enough run game that it intimidates defenses to be honest when it comes to covering. Like, I think that that they can press and kind of put pressure on Zach Wilson. But I will also bring up a very um, painful moment is that we were there live to see him last year. Um, damn, the look on your face. Frozen that game where it was like, whoa, like, it's there. Like, you could make these, like, really tough throws into, like, small pockets. 
and he's he seems poised enough. So it just seems like he needs a really good quarterback coach and moving forward. But what do you think about his receiving core? Because I feel like just looking at it on paper, I'm like, mm, this is not a bad receiving core. But there are some question marks of like, are these guys, can they catch enough balls, particularly tough ones where he may be off target? Can they make those plays to, to like help win games? Yeah, so you have Corey Davis, of course, from last year. We know him uh, from Tennessee. Um, he's not a number one, but I think they drafted their number one receiver. And I think they're they're banking on. They got Garrett Wilson out of Ohio State, and uh, I think that uh, that that's going to be a big a big improvement, right? A big a big uh, thing for their offense. I also like uh, you talk about their running game. They they drafted Brees Hall in the second round. He's gonna be a killer. Um, that that offense is looking up. The one I'm worried about, of course, is their defense and their secondary. Um, they they also improved it by draft, like their draft. And we talked about this uh, earlier on, earlier on in the season. Their draft was absolutely killer. I think they they won the draft. Sauce Gardner is is going to be a number one, uh, a number one cornerback uh, uh, in this league. And uh, they're they're just gonna kill it. Yeah, I think I think um, one of the things about that team is that they're at least they have like this head coach who seems to be very poised in big moments, and it's, it's really he seems to be really about teaching, right? And I think he knows the situation he was coming into, and I, I really like uh, is Robert Salah, right? And uh, and I, I keep getting worried. I'm like mispronouncing these names. Yeah, but I think I think the, you missed it. It's Salah. Wilson may need to dump the ball off. Was they picked up CJ Uzoma from the Cincinnati? I don't know if I said that correct. <laughs> but but Uzoma, I'm hoping that I say his name right, had 49 catches last year. But more impressively was that he had five touchdowns. Right. So if he can be somewhat helpful. In short yardage, if they're able to get into like uh, either goal line situations or just into the red zone, they that might be a really big piece that they added there. Yeah, definitely. Uh, CJ Uzuma, I think is a U. I think it's a Uzuma. Uh, was definitely a, a a nice addition. Also, I'll, let's not forget uh, they they two last year they added Carl Lawson on, on that defense, who was actually killing it during training. Uh, during training camp, during the preseason, he got hurt. They're going to get him back on that defense. Um, and honestly, like, like I said, New York Jeff fans, I would be encouraged, man. This team looks like it's on its way up. Uh, unfortunately, you're in the division with, uh, with the, the Patriots and the, uh, and the Buffalo Bills. But, uh, the over under right now for Vegas has them as five and a half wins. I, I think, I think they can go over. I think they're about six, seven games. Uh, for this season, yeah, uh, you know what? I don't know that I would give them five and a half. I think I might give them five, only because of what you just mentioned. They got to play the Patriots, the Dolphins, and the Bills twice. That's six games in their season that I don't think that they could win one of those games. And week one, they got Baltimore, <coughs> and that's not how you want to start the year. No, like, you no. don't want things together against Baltimore. So I. I think the Jets might actually live at like five wins. That's going to be interesting. Um, I'm interested to see where they end up at the end of the season between our, our two guesses. Um, the, the next team, which is really weird to say that, that we 
kind of agreed. Unless you you changed your mind. No. The, the Patriots are going to finish third in the AFC East. Not third in the AFC. No. Third in the AFC East. And not and, in the playoffs. Yeah. They're not making <laughs> the playoffs. Led in by uh, who I thought had an incredible year. With, performed way beyond what I, I thought. But then, you know, still working prize. Matt Jones. Um, and his leadership is clearly he's a leader of the team. Um, do you see like a big jump from Mac Jones this year, or do you think he's kind of going to live around the numbers that he had last year? Um, no, I mean there, you know, there's that sophomore slump that that usually happens with the uh, with quarterbacks. Um, and this, I mean, I don't know what Bill Belichick is doing. He doesn't have an <laughs> offensive coordinator. Right, he said he's not naming a defensive coordinator. He doesn't have anybody running this. Like, who's running this offense? Uh, right now, it's it's uh, him and Joe Judge, who's the defensive coach. And between those two defensive coaches, they're going to be the offensive coordinator. Like, I, yeah, I don't. I, so you know, that's interesting because I think that now that puts like a lot on Mac Jones, right? Like, Mac Jones has to be like fully ready right to like make himself and really truly be like the quarterback and leader of that team which might be a good thing because he seems like he's a mature enough guy to handle that it might it doesn't mean it's gonna be good for him but i think he has like the leadership skills to kind of keep it together i'm hoping yeah i guess so but also like new england patriots also they're never known for having any good skill players and and they don't have tom brady mac jones is not tom brady Right, and so you need to give Mac Jones some players. Right now, they have uh, Tyquan Thornton, who they drafted, Jacoby Myers, who's trash. Right, uh, they got Devontae Parker from the uh, from the Dolphins, who okay, yeah. like may, he's supposed to be their number one, maybe three, four years ago. Right, like I think you. Know, so I think you're absolutely right, which makes me then really start to wonder the workload on Damian Harris because he's a monster when he's healthy and he's just like he's a truck like he had over 200 carries last year and he had 15 touchdowns I did not know that I just realized that when we we're looking at these numbers yeah, I was yeah. like what how yeah like, I don't remember and that tells you right like like they're gonna rely on this guy at the goal line in the red zone. Like Matt Jones is not gonna have him being creative out there. They're gonna be patient and make sure that the Damian Harris kind of does a lot of dirty work and gets into the end zone for them. I what's sad is that they to me they were a clear third in this division when I was looking at these four teams. Like, yeah, there's no way you're anywhere near number two. Yeah, absolutely. And it, when you when you always talk New England Patriot football, you always look at their defense to be like to carry this team and I don't think this defense has it um the last four four of the last five games last year they 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 fell off crazy um where were I mean what was that game where they played Buffalo and Buffalo didn't have to punt the whole game and they just got like they just got trounced that game and I, uh, they really haven't improved anything they didn't really sign anybody like they're yeah, they were I feel like these, this is the end, the starting end of Bill Belichick. He, he's he's done. Like he's 
It's official. Tom Brady made Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick did not make Tom Brady. Like, we're about to see that it, it, so much. Oh, we'll find out on Saturday. I'm calling it. Oh, I'm, yeah, I, I'm not mad at it. Like, I can't, I'm not really, I don't like Bill Belichick enough to try even defend him. <laughs> Patriots, week one, division matchup, which is crazy, against Miami. <laughs> but at home, oh, New England at home versus Miami, which I think is going to be a really interesting like test for both of those teams. Yeah. Particularly because of what you're talking about, the defense, like this Miami team, they're the parent, like on paper, they look loaded on offense. And the question, both of these guys, it's like former Alabama matchup of like former Alabama quarterbacks. But oh, I didn't even think about that. You very easily messed this up. And for Bill Belichick in week one to have had the whole offseason to prepare and also to like have not had the team see them play yet, he, they might pull off a win, particularly at home. Because I, I don't think two is the real deal. Well, Man, I mean, we can just go ahead and, and talk about it. We both got Miami Dolphins coming in second in the AFC East. Um, and what when I see this this team on paper right now, all I see is a track meet. Like they've got so much speed on this offense, so much speed. Starting with their newly acquired wide receiver Tyree Kill, who could be the fastest dude. Right in the NFL, the only one that that can uh, compete with him is on the other side of the ball, Jalen Waddle, second year guy at Alabama, who's also fast as crap. And then they picked up Mosert from uh, San Francisco, who already yep. beat Tyreek Hill in a race. Like this, this team is so fast, and that, like you said though, like I don't know if if Tua can get them the ball. Right, I don't know how much they're going to be waiting on that ball to get to him, but to me, like this offense is going to be exciting. Yeah, I think you know the the speed factor would make a lot of sense if you're GMing guys around to it's like, yeah, I've, all right, I've seen enough. Hmm. You might not be able to you know, just get it to them as quickly as you can. Right, do not get sat. Don't turn it over, and these guys will do the rest. The crazy thing when we're looking at this man, this might be the, the best uh, wide receiver, wide receiver duo in the league. Both of these guys last year, but obviously weren't on the same team. Both had hundred yard seasons. Both had hundred yard. I can't. I couldn't believe that. And that's what's crazy too is that they also have Gasecki as like a safety valve, right. just like he, particularly in the red zone. And he had seventy three catches last year. So these are not guys that like. Like are used to like small workloads, right? yeah. Like they, they're like they want the ball, they, they get the ball, and and they deal. You know, you also got Chase Edmonds out of the backfield. So I, yeah, Miami, that's what, I, I like be, I like the running game out of Miami. They got like I said, they got Raheem Moser, who's fast. They got Chase Edmonds, who's they still got Miles Gaskin, and they got Sony Michelle. Like this, this offense is going to be something. The crazy thing about that run game and that uh, on the depth chart, Miles Gaskin was a leading rusher last year, right? right. And he had 173 carries. Right. But he only had 612 yards, right? But Miles Gaskin, their leading rusher from last year, is now number four on their depth chart. Automatic. Full, <laughs> full, like, backfield roster. 
and we're like, yo, and, and just in case you, you're still here, like we got you, like you, you still got a spot. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. What, what, what is going to be the Achilles heel and, and we need to see what works out though is their, their offensive line. Uh, their offensive line was literally rated the worst offensive line in the history of football for the last 25 years. I saw Pro Football Focus did a, <laughs> the last 25 years, the offensive line from last year for the Miami Dolphins was the worst offensive line. Now, they got the number one free agent offensive line to run Armstead from uh, New Orleans. He's going to be the left tackle. If he stays healthy, like that automatically, you know, brings it up. Uh, so they did some things. They got the new coach out of uh, out of San Francisco also, who was like 32 years old. That dude, I don't know. I don't know if you've seen him, seen a picture of him. Like, he is not anything. Like, if you saw that dude on the street, there's no way you would think he wouldn't know anything about football. Right? He is not your prototypical football coach. But, uh, you know, he was, he's been around Shanahan, uh, for Shanahan's, uh, career. And they're hoping that all that stuff is rubbed off on him. Now, their defense, their defense from last year, was was elite as far as the secondary like their secondary Xavier Howard um Byron Jones um those two those two cornerbacks are elite and should should continue to carry this team while the offense tries to figure it out yeah I think you know one of the things that's crazy about this team and where like they're projected to be as far as you know we're talking about all these weapons they you know I I think that's a great point because we know that uh, as far as the offensive line um, but we know the, the difficulty that uh, someone like a Tua could like panic under that type of pressure. The over under for the Dolphins this year is at eight and a half. You agree with that? No, eight no, that, I think that's too low. Like, that's that, yeah. that's okay. but that's purely the Tua effect, right? Because I don't think anybody knows what Tua is if he's good or if he's not. Um, I mean, I think it's going to be over, but I would honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if it's not. Right, and uh, like my my yeah, they, when, when I when I started researching them and, and and broke down like the only thing that could come to them for the overall impression of this season coming up is it's do or die for Tua. Like this is it. You've got the, you've got the offensive minded coach. You've got weapons. They fix your line. Like it is all on you, Tua. And if you're gonna live up to the hype, if not, like you're out of here. You're about to be a backup, so you're going to get the uh, Marcus Mariota effect real quick, okay? Um, and we'll see. But I, th- I think that they got like at least ten wins. Like I would go to over. Don't yeah, forget they also I, I, they got Teddy Two Gloves backup, Mister Gangster himself. Think, yeah, honestly, I've always been a Bridgewater fan, Word. and I can see him running that squad. Yeah, me too. So, me too. And and sometimes I think someone like a Tyreek Hill is looking at that. Is like, who's my quarterback? Tua? Not really. Ter- Teddy Bridgewater. <laughs> yeah. Play with that dude. Um. Now moving on to where there's no doubt that they're gonna finish first in this division. Absolutely no um, doubt. Um, something insanely critical happens to someone on that team, and I would think it also would take multiple people on that team. But. The Buffalo Bills, who are now like a powerhouse again, like they're I'm traumatized from the last time that they were a powerhouse in the mm-hmm. league. Yeah, 
I remember. <laughs> Get the look on your face. The <laughs> Buffalo Bills have provided some of the deepest pain sports pain in the, in the history of my life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I won't talk about it. But the Buffalo Bills are coming in with Josh Allen, who we know after last year is fully certified baller. Like Josh Allen is a monster. He is not to be doubted any longer. Those are the questions going into last year. How good do you think this Bills team can be? Like some people, I, I was seeing some like jokes of like, yo, that if anybody is getting bets that they could go 17 and 0, it's the Buffalo Bills. Vegas has Buffalo as the favorite to go to the Super Bowl and to win the Super Bowl this year. Um, and I like I there's nothing wrong with that. Like they they've got a complete team. An absolute there's not really a big hole on this team. The offense is is killer. I think Allen's going to be MVP candidate. One or you know if he doesn't win it, he's going to be in second. Absolutely. Right. He's already there. Um, their receiving core is with Diggs, uh, Gabriel Davis, who came out last year had a big game against Kansas City. Um, I think he's just- yeah, they picked up Jamison Crowder with as the fourth wide receiver. That's really good to me. Like he's not, he's not a one and two, but having Jamison Crowder your fourth wide receiver, that's that's a big improve, improvement. They have. What's that underneath? Yeah, Jamison does damage underneath. Yeah, absolutely. They got Devin Singletary, and then they they drafted uh, uh, James Cook in the second round. Like the running backs are set, right? That offensive line they stole Roger Saffold from us. And they filled that hole up that they had real quick. Like they, they're, their GM know what they're doing. They're filling up these holes. And yeah. I think honestly, it's going to come down to Buffalo and Cincinnati when it comes to uh, the AFC battling for the, uh, for the Super Bowl. Yeah. That Buffalo team, you know, I, I think also too, like the, they did kind of what, uh, what's happening right now is the signing of like these like veteran linebackers to like make sure they bolster the, the defense. They picked up Von Miller on a what I think is a crazy yeah. deal. I think they over, and they wanted him clearly and they think he's gonna he's what they need. And I, I think also really what they imagine he's gonna provide is like the leadership, like the confidence like champion, winner, like we're older man type of like like mentor yeah this is how we do it like he's gonna be the coach in the locker room he's gonna be the coach on the field yeah that's i think i'm with you like that's what they're paying for they're not really paying for you know his what he's gonna do i mean he can still do it he can still do some things he's gonna have some some games where he's you know he looks like the old von miller but they're absolutely paying him for for that leadership in in the locker room and on the field um they have Rousseau uh, on the other side like this defense is legit it's one of the best I think top three secondary in the league with Tredavious yep. White, right? Yep. Um, there's not a lot. Like, I can't tell you what, like, what they're bad at, right? Yep, exactly right. And we'll, we'll see. Yep. I, th- I think week two, they come to Tennessee. Why do you got bring that up? We'll see it real quick. Why? <laughs> I'll say this. Buffalo, opening night against the defending champ LA Rams which talk about Von Miller right his whole team he's getting a ring with that squad but that matchup in itself like that's one of the things about like how football happens every week 
where there's not games throughout the week that make it like a loaded or like um like you can forget a game really quick because there's so many during the week nfl football opening night buffalo la i can't wait to watch that game man i can't wait to watch that game i'm so excited of how the season's gonna kick off because you know that that game it, like both of those teams are gonna be super hungry for different reasons yeah and absolutely they're gonna bring it like they're loaded with stars they're like even if somebody doesn't show up there's too many other stars on the field for that for that game to not be good right just the, i mean going back to buffalo like the afc right now is absolutely killer when you think about it and who can come out and for them to be the favorite out of the AFC, just prove it. And, and they're going to be here for say, like, they're still young. Um, like, it, it is finally time to put to rest the New England Patriots and crown the new kings of the AFC East. Uh, from, for the past two years and, and coming up is the Buffalo Bills. The win of Oh, yeah, you know what it is. That's the sound. It is time for the wheel of Chingadera and today we have a special guest yes that's right we're gonna have a special guest spinner his name is Elijah Velasquez he's gonna spin this wheel for me here we go Elijah spin it well we've landed oh we landed on improving how to improve Major League Baseball Major League Baseball is going on we just had the all-star game right which I think was a success I watched it. I enjoyed watching it. But Major League Baseball has always had a problem with keeping up with the times to me and always keeping up with uh, what's going on and how to improve the game. Right. And this is why it used to be America's pastime. It used to be the number one sport in this country. And now, like, I think it's almost down to like fifth, maybe. So that's the reason I wanted to put this on there. What would you do, Primo, to improve Major League Baseball? Uh, man, uh, you know, I think I used to be with those like purists of like, don't touch the game, leave it as is like tradition. I don't necessarily know that like you're saying, I, I don't necessarily know that you can continue to entertain and think play over time. Like there just has to be things that change in like the rules of the game. Um, with, you know, with major league baseball improvements, I feel like like there has to be something like something in the factors like i thought one thing that they did this year like with the with the dh that was like a great move it, it supported the game and, and like entertainment factor of what usually puts people in the seats and, and really amazes particularly um kids and and other fans right but um that you get better hitting and you get like more star power when it comes to like hitting home runs but i think the game you know i'm actually for the like uh the speeding up of the game and the clock and having pitchers not take too long on the mound um, because I think that that it keeps a flow that keeps the game honest and keeps not only pitchers but hitters honest too like hitters also can't be stepping out of the box um, so th there's all these moves but they take so long I I'm not really sure what you can do that pushes the game in a way that like makes it more exciting um i don't know if you have those improvements but for me i also feel like um like there's got to be something done with regards to how and when pitchers can and can't be used 
but I don't know how much that changes the game or like makes it more exciting. Yeah, absolutely. you gotta. To me, pit the like the pitch clock is gonna be implemented. I think uh, next season, um, which I like. Um, if we can get rid of these umps and get a a a robo ump, whatever they call it, I think they're doing that like in double A, which is with great success. They say with between the pitch clock and the uh, the robo umps, it decreased the game time by like thirty six minutes. Right, which what you need to do. We can't have these four or five hour games. You just can't. No, what is not in today's age. You got to get rid of that. We talked about this before. What I hate about baseball: all of these bullcrap, unwritten rules, like too much celebration. You can't flip your bat this way. You can't do. You got to get rid of that. That's not. That's old timey. We we need to enjoy it. Let these players have fun. Um, let these players. They're young. They're they're great players. Let them do that. Let them have fun. I did, there's a big problem going on with the, the Miami Marlins right now and Jazz Chisholm. Like he's he's the superstar, right? He's the, the guy on their team, uh, and he's got colored hair, and he just doesn't he doesn't give a crap about nothing. He's out there and he's celebrating, but the people in his locker room also obviously have a problem with that. This is not how we play the ball. This is not how we do this. And you're just so old, and you're you're killing. You're killing baseball in the long run. Let this dude be a star. I'm, I'm interested in, like, how much do you think is, uh, like, things like, let's say, like, the bat flip, right? How much is that leagues trying to not set bad examples for sportsmanship at the, like, at the younger ages? Because I'm also not against it because I do think that you're right in the sense that there has to be more celebration and hype and excitement in baseball. But I do understand where they're like, we don't necessarily want kids like flipping their bats <laughs> when they do things in Little League. Because I think you could see kids like flipping bats when there's like bunts and stuff. Like kids will just interpret that in the wrong way. <laughs> so like, what? What, I, what is so your fam- What is your famous quote? What about the children? So what? Yeah. So what? Let the right. kids flip a bat. Let's. If you want kids to continue to play in this game, let them have fun. And let them watch their favorite players. You know what else I would like to see? Like a hard knocks of baseball. Right? A hard knocks of baseball. You know what I got? I'm in, I've recently got into F1 racing, right? I've never been a fan of racing, of any kind of racing like that. I got into F1 racing. Why? Because they have this Netflix show. And I started watching this Netflix show. And I watched it, and I thought, oh, man, these guys are kind of interesting. These drivers are kind of interesting. I, now I'm interested, and now I'm watching. If you had, like, a hard night, let us know these players, right? Let us get in. Like, you can't, I don't know. You, we need we need, we need, need superstars, and they need to be outspoken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, the, the, the league needs to do a better job of marketing to fans and also figuring out, like, how they're going to make sure that there's, like, better player connection to fans. I also wonder too how much like because Major League Baseball is so huge compared to like let's say the NBA and NFL and, and hockey right like the teams and the farm systems and all that right. how much that they know like we can't be letting people have access to these guys these guys are nuts right <laughs> exactly like, whatever it may be because there have been like star players who have like very controversial like violent moments um, and and they maybe should figure out 
how to deal with that and talking to the NFL, how the NFL covers that up because we know that there's tons of stories that we're not hearing. Yeah, absolutely. But I mean, there's a way to regulate. Like football is the same way, right? So when we have NFL hard knocks, like they they don't give us everything, right? Yeah, they don't give us everything. But it's just cool to look. At, like I, I, what I liked about the uh, All Star game, the baseball All Star game was the 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 players being mic'd up and being able to talk and then tell you what i'm thinking about this point right just the insight we need to learn about these players because otherwise there's nothing to care about also real quick fix the blackouts okay fix the blackouts in the local market my houston Astros are playing seattle i should be able to watch that game but i can't watch (laughs) that game because the damn blackouts fix that up let's go next round eliza spin that wheel Oh, we're going to stick with baseball, and this time we're going to talk about Juan Soto. Juan Soto from the Washington Nationals just turned down. Can you imagine this? Can you imagine no. being so awesome that you can no. turn down $440 million? I, yeah, I don't know, man. I, I don't know how you turn that down. I, I mean, I get it. I'm sure he... It's obviously more so that he just doesn't want to be in that town or on that team to me because if you did and they offer you that, would you be like, nope, you're going to pay me more even though I do want to be here? I don't know. And I think that I think he's going to end up in one of the two New York teams. He's either going to be a matter or a Yankee. I think that's like without a doubt. But no, I cannot imagine turning down. 440 million because if someone gave me that number i would take it and play wherever the hell they wanted me to play because holy shit how do you turn down 440 million dollars what if you get hurt yeah let me let me tell you how you turn down 440 million dollars okay first off you're juan soto you're only 23 years old okay and they want to lock them down for 15 years and it'll, so you break that down 440 million over 15 years. He is liter- he would literally be right now 30th or 31st paid player in 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 Major League Baseball per year, right? And he he yeah, it's good long term, but that's not right now how much would the Yankees pay? They would pay him. He would be a top 5 player right now in, when it comes to pay per year, right? So he would be looking at the 40 50 million dollars a year contract as opposed to 30 years yeah it's good it sounds good 440 million sounds good also washington it's the washington nationals right now they're uh up for sale you don't know who's gonna be the owners right you don't know i to me honestly i think he 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 looked past the 440 million which which everybody's looking at but he was able to look past that and say okay long run what is good for me how am I going to get more money? Um, so, I, I, honestly, I think it's a good deal. He sh- he's probably going to be traded. And I, also, by the way, Washington Nationals, this is why nobody's going to go play with you. And this is also another reason why uh, he's not going to stay. The damn pettiness that they did. Did you see that they, they didn't pay for him to, to fly out to this All-Star game? I love it. <laughs> I love it. You love that petty? They're fake. Right, like they're basically like, all right, we know you're out there, but I, I love it. I, and honestly, if I'm that GM and I do figure out like, oh, you, you don't mess with this no more. You, you're not a Washington National after this year. Bet I wouldn't send his ass either. I would not have paid for. 
I love that they're like, yo, you done with us, we done with you. No, that's not how you're supposed to treat a player, right? That is not he's a he became he's an all-star. He he just won the home run derby in your uniform. You don't even gonna charter him a flight. Well, I would I wouldn't come back and play if I was Soto. Like I would okay, I'm not gonna play until uh until you know you trade me or whatever, because that was some BS. Let's move on to the next topic. Here we go. Ooh, that's a good spin, Elijah. Oh, man, this wheel really loves baseball right now. Mike Trout said he's going to go ahead and play in the World Baseball Classic. To me, I love the World Baseball Classic. And actually, the World Baseball Classic is kind of what brought me back to baseball. When I watch it, when I watch Puerto Rico playing the Dominicans and Dominicans playing Venezuelans, and then somehow America won this last one, like it was crazy. Uh, somehow, I don't know how that happened, but Mike Trout said he's he's going to uh, play for for America, which is a big deal because honestly, Americans uh, their best players haven't been playing for the World Baseball Classic. For him to come out and say that is obviously a big deal. What do you think? I think definitely. The like cosine route to be in that Mike Trout to be like he's gonna end up coming off as like almost like Captain America um, on that team, especially because of what you just mentioned. Like, if they're not getting that star power, I mean, how many now more guys come out to basically, you know, play on the same team and have fun with Mike Trout? I I love the World Baseball Classic and what it represents for like players that like these like foreign players in particular because we know so much of the league is latino like star dominance is how much these guys like really give to those teams and like play so competitively for their country ah uh, yeah primo and primas it is time for the grito of the week this week we have a special candidate a special award goes out to Miss Lisa Campos, the athletic director for the UTSA Roadrunners. I'm sorry, I, no disrespect. No, Dr. Lisa Campos, the athletic director for the UTSA Roadrunners. Yeah. She has taken over the UTSA Roadrunners uh, from 2017. And I don't know if you guys noticed, but the UTSA, since her taking over the athletic department, has creeped up absolutely have creeped up they are now on your radar you see them on sports and you see them on espn uh she has done an outstanding job again lisa campos uh has elevated first off let's talk about the student portion of of student athletes okay she's elevated she has an 82 percent graduation success rate the g the average gpa of all the athletes at utsa is a 3.24 Okay. Wow. Exactly. Under her leadership, UTSA sports program has produced 13 All-Americans, 150 All-Conference honors, 24 individual conference titles, a trio team convinced crowns that last year's included the 2021 Conference USA Football Championship. She's, last year, they had two roadrunners drafted into the NFL, two more than the University of Texas. Okay, And offensive line, Spencer Buford, and cornerback Tariq Woolen. Uh, I mean, she's just done an outstanding job, an outstanding job, and I wanted to highlight her for a while. 
when when we started doing this podcast and it was just time and that the the stuff that she's done with utsa is absolutely outstanding uh this is our first time not actually having a player on on the grito but she deserves respect when it comes to the sports world yeah absolutely shout out to dr campos right like i think one of the things that stood out to me is that she was also a conference usa um, part of the conference USA joint group that served as like the senior woman administrator administrative group, right? So we talked about at the very start of this show just how much um, looking at like women's place in sports, but also the influence that they, they have behind the scenes in sports, which I think we don't think about um, nearly enough. Uh, her her doctorate is in educational leadership from UTEP. Well, anybody from Texas, you know UTEP, but if you're not from Texas, that's the University <laughs> of at El Paso. Um, shout out to her, man. I think that this type of leadership, and particularly what you said, as far as like how everyone is starting to get to know UTSA, particularly on TV. We talked about marketing in the Major League Baseball. Shout out to Dr. Campos. Absolutely. So agree or disagree, all right? We got these three quotes from the sports world this week, all of them NBA-related, going over things that either players said or analysts said about players. And I, I want to start on this first one, who a guy that we both speak highly of, that we both love to hear his like, analysis and critique. But I thought this was like a really interesting one for me. Dominique Foxworth, um, who has been filling in uh, for Stephen A. Smith and being uh, uh, the kind of like hilarious and very kind of honest and straightforward uh, sports analyst that he, he always is. This was his quote for this week. Larry Bird is not a top five small forward of all time. Katie would cook Larry Bird in his prime all day. And this is my favorite part. Fried chicken. We'd, we'd all eat bird for dinner. And so, do you agree or disagree? No, mames. No, mames. No, no. I don't care what, what. like, I, I agree with you. I'm a big fan of Dominic Fowler, but he was just reaching here. Like, don't forget who Larry Bird was, right? Don't forget how quickly we forget this dude, first off, was one of the biggest trash talkers in the league, right? So many stories of. Hey, I'm going to go over to the left, and I'm going to shake it to the right, and I'm going to go over here, and I'm going to shoot it from this elbow, do something about it. And he do that exact same move, and they couldn't do nothing about it, right? Larry Bird was that dude. So I'm going to say no mamas to Dominic Foxworth. He is definitely, to me, it's LeBron James. It's when it comes to small forward, LeBron James, then Larry Bird, then I would go KD. What about you? don't even know if i thought about like the ranking of, of them i do agree with you like you need to go watch larry bird highlights larry bird balls like i i at the beginning of this um or i guess in the middle of this season i went back and watched larry bird but i i'm with you i i disagree dominique foxford which i think might be the first time that i truly d disagree with this guy but larry bird is in there you gotta put him at lebron KD, uh, and I think right there is Larry Bird becoming that three for me. So you got so, so you got KD over over Bird. Over Bird, 
Possibly. Yeah. I I don't I don't disagree that like uh, I disagree that he's a not a top five. He is a top five small forward, but I don't know that he would like also like get cooked by Katie. I think he'd figure him out and rough him up, and Katie would be in trouble. I gotcha, gotcha. All right, let's move on to the next one. Agree or disagree? Dion Wright from the Drew League. LeBron James came out of nowhere. I didn't even realize he was going to play in the Drew League this year. I just saw an update. Like, my phone my phone teamed up, and it was like, hey, LeBron James is about to start the Drew League in about five minutes. I'm like, what? Where do I find yeah. this Drew League? So, shout out to LeBron for actually doing that. Like, you don't see a... a so many goats yeah. going down there to, to, to play in the Drew League. Uh, but Deion Wright, who had to guard LeBron James, was, I guess, getting roasted on Twitter. Uh, I think it was ESPN actually, like, showed his face. And this is what it looks like when uh, when you have to, to guard LeBron James. And uh, uh, he came out and he said, he dropped 40, I had 20. For every two points he had, I had one. That's a really once-in-a-lifetime player. We had no NBA guys. They had two and only lost by two points. If Braun doesn't show up, we win for sure. Let's not forget that DeRozan was also on that team. Yeah, exactly. How much is he hyping LeBron and Justin DeRozan at the same time? But I got to agree with him. I fully agree with this statement. All of it. All of it. And I don't think that... DeRozan would have been enough to dominate and like take over that game and make sure that they win. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree with that. That that, that don't shut. Dion Wright could take this to the grave with him. Like if, if I was Dion Wright, this would this would be on my uh, my gravestone, right? I would take this win. This is a win, <laughs> Dion Wright. This is a win. Put it on your gravestone. Put it. Get a tattoo of it. You absolutely <laughs> are right. And I think this is a a, a smash on on a. No, DeRozan. Um, I don't know if you saw some of the highlights on that game, but there was a dude like he was. DeRozan was frustrated. There was a dude that was guarding him, uh, yeah. that was clapping in his face and and just getting him off his game, and it just proved, uh, you know, how how to get under his skin. And I, I appreciate that. That was, that was my way of playing basketball, right? Just get under your skin, yeah. make you mad. I'm not gonna score no points or anything. I'm just gonna make you piss where you you don't play. Okay. That, yeah. I mean, how can you not? I think you you have to know, and and also, it was really great to see images of LeBron, particularly at his age, at his star, in a gym where like it was so small that people in the front row could literally touch him if they wanted as he ran by, and that he was so comfortable in there. Yeah, right. Like he was in like looking around, like he was in it, and it was great to see that because I do think that that in itself also goes against the argument that like LeBron somehow isn't tough and wouldn't be able to handle like street ball or like other eras like, yeah yes yeah. he's the go I, I don't know if you saw this but I saw uh interaction with a fan where he was on the on the, he was on not on the sideline he was he was on the court and the fan was like hey the clip's about to run LA and LeBron was like okay cool and he's like he was gonna give him dap and the, and the fan went out to give him dap and he LeBron pulled back and then the dude fell over. <laughs> the dude fell over on somebody else and LeBron was pointing and laughing at that dude. <laughs> like again, I enjoyed that kind of pettiness. That's what you get. We're talking crap to the goat. Okay. And uh, I appreciate LeBron doing that to that dude. 
All right, what's okay. our next topic? Accordingly. Uh, next one up on agree or disagree is uh, all right. Never mind. You, this is not going to be good move for you. Um, Dejounte Murray mm. Twitter. So basically, a, a Spurs fan kind of just alluded about basically that Dejounte Murray is not going to be affected or is not in a good situation essentially to affect is that he's not in a good situ- situation by going to Atlanta and that wasn't really the issue it was more of DeJounte Murray's response and not even the response but the fact that the response is so contradictory to how he parted ways with the Spurs when he left and left a shout out to the fans and like you know it was a very like peaceful parting and DeJounte Murray came out and responded this way to that fan's remark about him leaving. Um, is basically that the way the system is set up, you're going to be losing for the next 15 years. Problem is bigger than basketball. I'm not going to say anymore. Do you agree, disagree, and how do you feel? Because I feel like that's actually more of what we're going to get. It doesn't even matter agree or disagree. <laughs> Listen. Uh... Tell us why you mad. Listen, listen. Um, I like. Funny thing is, is that conversation that was had with the player was literally in the post that he posted. Like, thank you to the Spurs, thank you to the fans, and thank you and all that. That was literally the post. I forgot. Yes, yeah, I forgot that it's all in the same thread. Yeah, it was all the same. And then in the comment section, fans went after him. Fans are in their feelings. Went after him. Look, man. Honestly, I don't disagree too much. With what DeJounte is saying, and I think it's kind of where we've had this conversation. It's kind of uh, where we're headed as a as a Spurs organization is like stars don't want to play here. They haven't really wanted to play here, right? We we are kind of uh, we've kind of been spoiled, and having David Robinson, who was a loyal player, we're spoiled when we got Tim Duncan, who was also a very loyal player and didn't need that stardom. That's the most important. They didn't need or look for that stardom that other players needed, right? Or want. I also want to interrupt you just to give you a shout out because you posed this question about loyal players uh, to Michelle Beadle on her show. That's she right. Picked up that, responded to that. So I, I want to take just like a, a quick listen to that response from Michelle Beadle. I don't think that loyalty players do not exist anymore because I believe that even in the time of uh, Robinson, Duncan, Parker, Ginobili, they were also the exception to the rule. I don't think that the entire league was full of guys like that and that they just happened to be the four that ended up here. They were special. And, I, and I've been asked this question before about what it is about those guys versus everyone else. And I think it's a mix of a thousand things. I mean, right now, we can the easy explanation would be young people – especially right now, are very aware of sort of how to build their brand, how to be seen, how to use social. And I think there are sexier places in their minds to go and do those things. Like And, and like just mere nightlife, you know? This may not be it for you. This is a quiet sort of familial feeling area. Um, people pretty much leave you alone for the most part, but when they love you, they love you, and it's they're very respectful. But it's a very sort of quiet. There's not a lot, a lot, a lot of stuff to do compared to like the Atlantas, the LAs, the New Yorks, the Chicagos. I get that. I, I was that. I mean, I was gone for 20-something years. 
So I think those players still exist. I think Giannis is an example of a player that's, that will be like that. They're in every generation of anything, there are similarities. And we just haven't found necessarily those same guys yet. I'm not sure if we will. Um, but with each new person that comes in, you think maybe this is the one that will, will end up being that. And if you're speaking of DeJounte uh, specifically, then, yeah, I think he probably has bigger aspirations as far as the cities are concerned. And I, I, I don't knock a kid for that. I get it. I also am very aware of how lucky we were to have those four guys when we did. So we'll find them. They're out there. And so, you know, for that, for that response, you know, for you, I, I thought that was dope. Like, that's just dope. She, like, responded to your question, which is awesome. But she gave a really, you know, her response, as you heard there on that, on that audio clip, is just like, like, it, it's so true. Like, we're incredibly lucky of the players that we got. Now, this is the one thing, the real kind of breakdown of that quote that I wanted to ask you, though, is that I looked at it like there's two parts of that quote, right? The first part sounds like a shot at pop, right? By mm -hmm. saying the way that that up, you're going to be losing for the next 15 years. Because we all know that everybody thinks of like the Spurs system or the Spurs way and that that's pop, right? So the word system is the thing that I really took from it. But then the other part of it is that he wrote, problem is bigger than basketball. And that, to me, doesn't sound like a pop thing or like a... Like, if it's bigger than basketball, then he's not talking about the game or the X's and O's, right? He's got to be talking about the organization. Right. Or the way the organization does things. And I do think that if I'm a up-and-coming star player, first-time all-star like DeJounte Murray, some of the stuff that you just brought up about stars not wanting to go there would be a concern of mine. And some of these things that I started in my own mind spinning as to why he would say this was a couple of things. One is that he's referring to a small market two does that mean that he's possibly talking about like the way in which they want to pay players on that team because we know the spurs usually want hometown discounts from their star players and they've gotten that in the past or is he talking about just the fact that like they don't chase free agency which it was shown in this offseason that they weren't going to do because they ended up using all three of their first round draft picks and now seem to be chasing more and more draft picks in the long run is that what he's referring to? Where where do you think this could possibly go in the mind of DeJounte Murray? As if we know anything at all. I'm gonna go with D all the above. Right. I think I think Pop is past his prime. I've been trying to tell you for the last two years. We need to get rid of Pop. It's time for him to go into retirement and we're not gonna advance anymore with Pop at the helm. I think that's, that's Wait, wait. So you think he's taking a shot at Pop and saying that the way that they do business is terrible? Yes, I think I think he's taking a shot at Pop because I think Pop is is a, a major mainstay in in the organization and in, in the front office, right? Like we have a different general manager, but like nobody really thinks that Pop is not have the final say so when it comes to players, right? And so I think uh, one thing one one thing that keeps in mind that that I uh, that I heard is um, Danny Green, okay. Danny Green's best basketball was with the San Antonio Spurs, right? No doubt. He's, he's taking a big decline. But his stardom has gone up since leaving the Spurs. Yes. Right? His stardom. He's, he's known across the country now. Danny Green is known. Like, I see him on ESPN. 
and all this stuff since he's left the Spurs. Even though his best basketball was with the Spurs, right? You know what he did the the first day? The first day that he left the Spurs and signed with another team, you know what he did? He started a podcast. That's so but does that mean there's restrictions? Are exactly. you saying that the Spurs having these restrictions on these players and that like, yo, this is not the way we expect you to act. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm thinking. That this is this is the we are a team. We're all this together. They don't build up anybody as an individual. This is a team. And again, that's being spoiled by David Robinson and then Tim Duncan. Those guys ain't coming through the draft no more. That is not, this is 2022, not 2010. We need to grow. And these players are all about building themselves up. They're all about their own marketing. They want to be paid. And, and yeah, we're not an organization that does that. And so we're going to hurt. And, and unless we change our mindset as a team, we are going to be hurting. And we're nobody's gonna want to come here. Yeah, that's a really great point. I think also, uh, you know, honestly, with regards to specifically the example of Danny Green, I can understand why they wouldn't want, let's say, a Danny Green to have a podcast. Because to me, it seems like over the years we've learned that Danny Green talks too much and like like spills so much of the tea on a regular <laughs> basis in right. his own teams on those teams. He's talked trash or like said not talk trash, but he's. Initially said that like he has more information than what it seems that he did about Kawhi and was incorrect. He's talked trash about Ben Simmons, right? Like he, there's these things where it's like, all right, you're honest and I get that, but like, is that really what you want for your team when like you're still on that team? I get what you talk trash after you left, but <laughs> while you're on them, I don't know, man. So I, I get it with the Spurs. I don't necessarily know that that's a bad policy, but I do understand how like it, it is not going to be a successful one to recruit as many people as possible and to keep them on. All right, here we go. This is the segment you've all been waiting for. Who could possibly be the Tapao of the Week? The Tapao of the Week, without a doubt, this week has to go to whoever set up this Oklahoma drill at this minor league baseball with the quad father, A.J. Dillon, from the Green Bay Packers, and this poor... Poor little mascot. If you guys have not seen it, guys, go look it up. AJ Dillon just totally annihilates this poor mascot. Head gets ripped off. Tears in the audience of children realizing that there's a human being inside that mascot. It was absolutely hilarious, guys. You have to go check that out. <laughs> yeah. I. I don't know who is more of a tapao, AJ Dillon or this mascot who completely took a shot to the chest, went flying backwards. I felt bad for this man. Like, felt bad for him in just like his physical sense, but then like as a man too, like, you know that everybody now knows him for this moment. And I can't imagine, I wish, like, if this was one of us, Louis, you know that we would be bringing this up to each other every single day. <laughs> No way. <laughs> this man is going to let this down. So I'm actually really happy for anybody that is close to him and knows him because you get to use this for this. For life. For life. Exactly. We were talking about Earth. I think he can put this on his gravestone. The mascots that got annihilated by A.J. Dillon lies here. Right. It was absolutely. He was actually on a podcast. He got interviewed. Uh, and on the Dan Levitard show that I heard earlier this week, and he, th this dude is is exactly what you would think a mascot would be. He said he's five eight, 
He's about 140 pounds soaking wet. Uh, he runs cost country, okay? And he, the funny part is, like, he said that the first two steps, like, he thought he was going to do something. Like, if you see the clip and he gets up and he fixes his hat, he takes two steps forward like he's about to do something. And then that third step, he realizes, holy shit, here comes A.J. Dillon. And he gets absolutely annihilated. He also talks about seeing the reaction from the fans and, and the kids in the crowd crying tears just you know oh my god they hurt this poor mascot is absolutely wonderful go and check this out on youtube on google or something guys this is absolutely great great television <laughs> Yo, check that out this man got decapitated on tv top out of the week well that wraps up this week's show thank you everybody for listening y'all make sure to like comment or review today's episode you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram as Puro Pinche Primos. You can find us on all major podcast platforms or Google Puro Pinche Primos for our website on Captivate FM. We are the Puro Pinche Primos. Peace. Peace.